Hey everyone, I would like to welcome you into NetLife with myself, of course, Dawn Staley. We were scheduled to play UConn on Thursday, and after speaking with my sports administrator and talking about where we stand in the SEC and what must take place in order for us to complete our SEC schedule uh, would have meant that we had to make up a game uh, with Ole Miss. And Ole Miss uh, missed our game earlier on January 2nd uh, because of uh, health and safety protocols. And we were talking about when we were going to reschedule that game. And the win is on a Tuesday. We have we had one of two Tuesdays to reschedule, and our conference tried to make it equitable for both Ole Miss and South Carolina, but they they really didn't take in consideration what what it would do um, for the teams that we had to play after we played each other on a Tuesday. Now the SEC plays like we play on a Monday, and then we would have played. UConn on a Thursday, and then we would have played Florida on a Sunday and then had to turn around and play Ole Miss on a Tuesday. And that doesn't push our remaining schedule back, which would have been another Thursday, Sunday. So in an effort to just kind of create conference equity all around, um, I decided to call Gino to see if he would um, just reschedule our game for maybe next year so it just keeps everything in place for us and it doesn't create any kind of equity in uh um on on with any team in our conference and uh it just so happened that that old misses by week was january the 27th so it just kind of it, it brought everything full circle and and i i know our fans are upset that uh, we're not playing UConn. And I think, but overall, you, me as a coach, I have to make decisions as best for for our program and creating an opportunity for us to to win our league, which is one thing that we we want to check off and is a goal of ours. I think it'd be um, we'd be remiss if we tried to schedule keep the schedule as it was. You know, so we'll we'll get a, a really good. Ole Miss game here in our, you know, in Colonial Life Arena, and it should be a, you know, exciting one. The most difficult part of coaching um, in and around and navigating through COVID is is the uncertainty of it. Um, but I think if you have a an incredibly willing program of players who just want to win, they just want to compete, they will – they will. They don't put themselves at risk. Obviously, we've had some players that had to go into health and safety protocol, but it it almost seemed like it. They they took turns, and it was it didn't happen all at once. We were able to play, uh, continue to play our schedule because we have so many players on our roster. But honestly, I think it's pretty cool that you have to pivot as a coach. And, and I know athletes and coaches are creatures of habit, but we're we're also people who have to pivot, like in games. You know, the game doesn't always go as you planned. You don't always execute as as you prepared. 
So you make adjustments during the game and COVID puts in a puts us in a position where we have to make adjustments. We have to stay strong and principled and not put anybody at risk, but we also have to forge ahead because no one's stopping because someone was uh, affected by by COVID and, and you have to work through that. I just, uh, I utilize it as a an opportunity to learn and grow and, and to be challenged in that way. Speaking from seeing our players on a daily basis, they are incredibly driven. They want to play. You know, the majority, I mean, I, I would say all of them want to play, and but all of them probably want to experience college as if their experiences were not in a pandemic. But the majority of them stay away from friends. They, you know, they don't go to restaurants. If they if they're going to order out, they pick up, they take it back to their their rooms, they mask up, they adhere to the protocols. Um, our team is you know, singularly focused on wanting to check off all their goals in basketball, and it's a uh, it's a shame that some of our you know some of our freshmen, the freshman class of 2019, they <laughs> they they only know the pandemic. The pandemic is is more of their experience than any other college um, um, class. But we got some strong ones. We got some strong ones here at the University of South Carolina. So I'm I'm super proud of them wanting to stay out of harm's way and wanting uh, to, to, they came here to win national championships. They came here to, to win SEC championships and they're, they're, they're putting their actions behind their words and their wants. Welcome to my guest, Ari Chambers. Ari is a journalist and a social media manager who founded Bleacher Reports social platform, Highlight Her, launched NBA TV's first WNBA Center interview show and has focused her career on amplifying women's voices and turning the spotlight on women's basketball and sports. I am pleased to welcome Ari Chambers to the podcast. Ari, thanks for joining us on NetLife. It's like you're a superstar in so many ways, Coach. I'm just, I'm happy, happy to be here. I'm just, I'm just lucky, blessed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ari, you are doing so much. Um, the fact that you've launched Highlight Her, like really the name itself um, mm -hmm. is incredible. Did, did you come up with that yourself? I came up with the name myself when um, Bleacher actually handed me the platform. It was named something else, but it was, it had no followers and we started from the ground up. So that's my stamp on it. And I think it perfectly signifies exactly what we're trying to do and highlighting her in the sport and culture space. I, I know, but uh -huh. tell the audience what prompted you to, to start it. I'm looking right at her. It's, it's, it's people yeah. like you. And it's funny because we were just talking a couple months ago about how you're forever indebted to the game. And I feel like I am too, because even though I didn't play, I had people like you to look up to. I had Coach Kayada look up to. I mean, I'm from the 919. You played down at the 704. Now you, you stayed in the Carolina. Well, you didn't stay there, but you ended up in the Carolinas and doing what you do for women's basketball. Why wouldn't a younger person, you know, try to pay it forward and help? impact the lives of girls and young women out there who 
uh, who can be impacted like I was when I was watching you play for Charlotte. And when I, you know, when I was watching women be in such high spaces when I was growing up, it's, it's just, it's something that I want to make sure that every little girl or everybody out there can see the impact of women's sports and how much they mean. What, why do you think it gained popularity so fast? It's, it's funny because everybody thinks this is, this is really fast, but before Bleacher Report even found me, you know, I was crowdsourcing, trying to figure out how to get to Final Fours. I was, ACC was my beat. So being a graduate of North Carolina State University, go back, um, I was utilizing my personal relationships there, NC, NC State, UNC, Duke, Wake Forest, and like the local teams and trying to figure out how to tell their stories. And then um, going to New York and being a part of their entertainment squads at Madison Square Garden and seeing that my friends who were in the league didn't have their stories told. It's been a long time coming, but right now we're at a point of reflection in society, I feel like, where we're just like, why haven't we? Why haven't we invested in women? Why haven't we invested in people of color? And really paying mind to those marginalized communities, to those who have been historically oppressed and just showing how great we are. Like everybody wants to talk about sport and culture. We are the culture, right? Like, look at you, look at you smooth, just smooth on it. You made the culture, you shape shift things. And so now that we know that women's sports, women's basketball has that power, I'm glad people are catching on. And yet this is going into my third year of highlight here, but this was, this was decades coming. You know, I'm over here, even in, um, High school, my friend Jerry, who actually, I was her manager, she tweeted out after the WNBA is so important commercial came out. She was like, Ari quit cheerleading, which is something I've done since I was four in high school to be our manager. And it's and it's just like an indication of how long this has really been coming, you know? <laughs> so what were you doing in conjunction with trying to, trying to live out your passion like you you can you can feel the passion of what you're doing like you're living your passion how did how did you make ends meet while tracking and trying to find some traction for your you know for your for your passion well, coach, I, I was an only child and I was a rebellious little only child. So my, my dad is a mass comm professor at North Carolina Central. So I wanted to do everything but be in communications. But here we are. Uh, <laughs> when I first moved up to New York, I was a model and that's what made made ends meet. I actually modeled for a job and like that was my that was my job. A lot of people like model for Instagram now. It's, it's really big to be, you know, on those brand deals. And that's no shade to them. But that that modeling really paid my bills when I first moved up to New York. And when I realized that I could, you know, cheer professionally and make a living off of that, you know, Madison Square Garden isn't cheap. Like they, they give me a nice little paycheck. Uh, and so between modeling and, and being on the entertainment teams there, I was making ends meet. But I remember seeing summer after summer, again, my friend's stories not being told. So it was actually one of the drafts in the early teens that I walked up to people and talked to them and said, I want to do this. And they were like, you have no credibility, you're a cheerleader. So what I did, I started writing and writing really helped me get the X's and O's of the game. I mean, I can, I can break down the game, but not in a way you can write, not in a way somebody who actually played can. So I wanted to get as much exposure and study the game as much as I could within it instead of like from a fan's perspective. But I think that it, it benefited me because I was able to have that fan perspective that wasn't a player perspective, but then get to talk to players about their perspectives and coaches about theirs. And, and that's what the joy comes from. It's like this game I'm forever indebted to, but I'm still a student of it. 
and I want to learn more and more and more. And yeah, I might miss my mark because you know I'm six feet tall over here, flying <laughs> in the air. But <laughs> I mean, clearly I'm like, daddy, mother, why did we fall short with that one? But <laughs> but at least you know I can do the service that I can do to the game and, and make it that. Cool, cool. So so what did it take for the brands that highlight her has partnered with to see the value in well highlighting women's mm-hmm. sports? I was on a panel earlier in 2021 and they said the cost of inaction is greater than the risk right now. And I think that's widely known within bigger companies. And we see the popularity. You see how popping your team is all on these interwebs. You see the marketability. I think eight out of the top 10 most lucrative um, collegiate players were women. And so the band, the brands buy in from that, but highlighter in particular you see, we didn't go to market for two years. We wanted to grow organically, have that grassroots feel to it and just make sure that everybody that we partnered with were was in alignment with what we believe in. And that's what's really important to me. It's not always about the coin, right? It's about spreading the passion and growing the game. And I feel like as long as you keep that perspective intact, it will be fine. And, and once it turns profitable, you know, things change a little bit, but I, I always want to remain really, really authentic to my purpose, and that's growing the game in the most altruistic way I can. What's the key to not losing the, like, the realness and the voice mm-hmm. of um, highlight her when you have sponsors and partners like, like Gatorade and like Nike? Before you answer that, though, favorite Gatorade flavor? Oh, the light blue. Light blue, <laughs> light blue. Okay. Yes, like- what, what, what are you? Well, let me guess. Let me guess. You're a red girl, aren't you? Uh-uh. No, no, I like, I like the frosted, the icy, yeah, that, like almost, you can see through a little cloud, you can, you can kind of see through it. Um, Little cloud. (laughs) Favorite, favorite Nikes. Oh, I'm a ones girl. Is that basic? I just, I love Jordan ones. I think they're so classic. Um, And then I forgot the name of the ones that are the the ones that are made from recyclable materials, I forgot the name of those. I love those too. They feel like I'm walking on the cloud, but can't nobody touch your ones game, get dunk scam either, coach. Yeah. So like, I don't even want to go tip a tab with you with these Nikes, but I'm yeah, definitely sure. enjoying ones kind of girl. <laughs> Look, your, yeah. your shoe collection is worth more than my life. <laughs> <laughs> I actually just became somewhat of a, a sneaker head, like over the past probably two years because uh, actually my, one of my players, it, mm-hmm. one of my players, um, is a sneaker head and she used to just kind of show off her sneakers and I'm just like, oh, okay, let me, <laughs> let, let me see. I'm competitive. So it came out of like a competitive thing where, okay, uh-huh. she's, she's got those. Let me one up her. Let you me one up her. You, you, you one up everybody. <laughs> I don't want to from coach. I'm like, look at you stunting on all of us. Your shoes can pay my rent, coach. Your shoes can pay my rent. <laughs> so, yeah, so I like, I like shoes that, no one can get like oh, i like shoes see. that don't have a release release date so she you can be exclusive not all of us are don staley now right? we just do what we can <laughs> we're gonna talk, touch a little bit later on because of i get shoes that don't have release dates there are a lot of haters out there. Oh my God. You listen, you have haters regardless, but you're an innovator, so you can do that. Okay, okay. We're gonna talk about the look. We're gonna talk about that next, but tell me how you know what's the keys to not losing, you know, the realness and the voice of highlight her. You know, when mm-hmm. you when you are partnered with, you know, Gatorade and Nike and and, and, and companies like that. 
the partners never asked me to change. They knew me from before and they, a lot of my clients, you know, my personal clients are, are the same. And so like they knew me before. And plus I think as a brand manager, you have to stay in love with the game. So every single time I'm talking to a player, I fall in love with their story. Every single time I go into an interview, I'm just as excited as if I were the first time, if it were the first time. I'm always going to be a fan of the game. I love what it brought to me. I'm forever indebted to it. I remember, you know, Kristen Green from NC State Women's Basketball in 97, and she signed my card. Mind you, she didn't even finish out her eligibility. Lord help her. But, but she meant so much to me. She meant so much to me just because, you know, she spoke to me and treated me like a human. And like, I, I had all the trading cards on my wall and everything like that. And I was able to go, you know, two hours down the street to see you guys play. And just, just knowing that little girl and how she viewed them, it's like, it's the same thing now, even though a lot of the players are my friends, like it's still dope to see them tell them their stories it's dope to see you know everybody tags me and things on twitter and just you know having the jersey having the tickets it's just it's so filling and so i get that energy every single day when i'm on highlighter and that's what i want to transpire off the page and then thank god we have these these brand partnerships now because we can do activations within the community and community is such an important factor of it like you see what you did at south carolina that's a culture and I want to create that culture, <laughs> but culture, not culture, but, but I, want, I want to create that culture and make sure that everybody stays so in love with basketball the way I am. It's the, it's the energy for me. Like you, you are living your, your passion. And I just, I, I actually, I love it. Like, I want to know, um, when, when someone is, living what they're supposed to be living like you're living your truth you're living what you love mm-hmm. i want to know what what it what it takes it to, to get them to that point because not everybody's able like no. i i i am in like this is what i'm supposed to be doing mm-hmm. like when you're mm-hmm. when you are living what you're supposed to be doing you can reach a lot more people be, because of that you know and it's yeah. people that's not just sports people it's mm-hmm. it's regular people like i probably mm-hmm. have more regular people that come up to me and say thank you then mm-hmm. then the ones that are in the sport and that, and that's you know it's it's far reaching so thank you for finding your passion thank you thank you passion for finding you because you you love what you do and you're expanding our you know women's sports and i i appreciate you so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna love you up no, on no, you no, no. Well, I received that coach, but thank you for igniting it. And you, you can't take that away. Like it, it's it's people like you that that you know make people like me who can give back. This is a product of everything that you guys built, and I think that that's really really dope. I think that's really transcendent between generations, and there's no denying it. And you know, I have to throw this a little bit in because you know, girl from the south. Um, Romans 831, if God is for me, no one can be against me. So I feel like my journey was written for me beforehand. I didn't, I, I didn't realize it until my mid twenties. And, you know, now in my thirties, I'm like, this is this lit here. You know, when you actually stop trying to rebel and, and prepare for your blessings to come, they come <laughs> in abundance. Okay. That's my word between 22 abundance and opulence. Okay. And so I'm just, I'm ready for more abundance. Okay. God from, from, from my mouth to his ears. But I, I just, I just, it's, it's something to be said when you walk in your journey and, and it's unwavering. And if it's, if it's something that's put in your heart and put in your mind, 
nobody can shake that, right? I've had plenty of times where I've heard no, plenty of people who told me that my ways were just not going to work in this industry. And what I did is I found the white space and I occupied it because as a fan of the game, I wanted to see, you know, the, the content that I was putting out. But then I had a dope tribe around me that really helped me stay in there. Like all those times I wanted to quit. I remember one time in October 2018, I didn't get this job that I really, really thought I wanted. And LaChana was like, okay, you can cry today. Um, but tomorrow, huh? you know, just figure it out. You know, <laughs> like you can feel bad for yourself right now, but you know, something else is going to come. And I was like, but this is the job for me. And then a couple months later, Bleacher Report called. Mind you, they found me. And so it's just something that, you, you, you can pray and pray and pray to God, but if you're not ready for that blessing, he's not going to give it to you. You have to prepare and you have to really know how to execute. You have to know how you want to deliver the message because if you mess up, you don't know if you're going to have a second chance, especially as black women. So all those years of preparation, all those years of rejection, it just made me more hungry. And you keep growing in hunger. You keep growing in passion. You don't fall out of love. You you know, you rise in it. And so that was really, really cool to to watch my development, to watch my friends' development, to be in this together, to uplift each other, and to see, you know, I was around when Tina Roy was making Garnet and Black, you know, right, this right. Is, these, aren't, these aren't things, these aren't things that are happening overnight. I want to stress that, but it's all about preparation. Though ACC was my beat, I still could tell you what, uh, you know, Coach Close was doing over there in, you know, California. So it, it's just a lot of preparation, a lot of feeding into your passion. You have to nurture it because if not, it will just stay stagnant and stagnant is the scariest place to be. Well, we gonna have to add evangelist to your name. It's the and, South. Yeah, this is. It's the South. It's the South. The South did it to me. <laughs> well, let, let's move on. Let's change topics a little bit. Let's talk a little, a little WNBA Twitter. Okay, for every hashtag that takes off, there are countless stories or hashtags that don't get hijacked by haters. What has been the driving force that has made? the WNBA Twitter thrive. I just think that we're such a strong community because we're so passionate. There was no incentive before to, to support. We support because we really love women's basketball. We really love the WNBA. We really love women's sports. So when, you, when you're passionate about something, when you don't really get that much return, I mean, these are people that before two years ago, it was impossible to find games. Thank God that, you know, more networks are buying and thank God league passes is working and, and things like that. But these are the people who are genuinely passionate about it. And, and when you have genuine passion without incentive, you're going to stick with it. And so hashtag WNBA Twitter is prominent. We got each other. You know, we can't find news that much. You know, we can't find as much news as, as say NBA Twitter, but, but we're out here and, and we're strong together and, there's so many varying points across WNBA Twitter, so many different types of people. They got, you know, you got your tribes, you know, within right. WNBA Twitter. <laughs> and then like, you know, we got some that are chubby and we love that. And I think that any attention that's drawn to the game is great attention. And it, 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 anything that's provocative really sparks discussion. And I think that all are important within that Twitter space. And and it's, it, you see, you see now, I think it was like a 400% jump with NWSL, I think 271% um with WNBA and so however people can get the conversation going more power to them so you threw those numbers like I think it's cool when like the WNBA Twitter account is trolled by the all these these people who make they actually make they they make accounts mm -hmm. just as troll like they mm -hmm. go 
an extra step uh -huh, to, uh -huh. to hide. They go an extra step to say what they need to say, but even a little bit of time and effort they put into that says something. Like I look at that, uh -huh. and I'm just like, this is really good because we got uh -huh. you to, uh -huh. we took time out of your day to make this account, yep. you know, to put your thumbs to action, to say <laughs> something, you know, to say something that that's in your heart, I guess, just because it's a, it's women's sports to say something uh -huh. cruel. I, I embraced it. I do I embrace it. clapbacks. I live for the clapbacks. Uh, somebody was like, I can't stand for this. You're like, we'll sit. Um, <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I was like, I love the Adon Stanley clapback now. Um, but, but yeah, no, if, if they want to take the time to do that, I mean, I, I'm thankful to TJ and the rest of Twitter sports fam who uh, have figured out how to weed those out of my mentions because they don't even show up for me. But I think as long as you sprinkle your passion on everything, the passion grows and the haters will still be there, but you know, they'll talk about it. And then you see how much more people defend women's sports now. And that's, that's something to be saying. So do you think the amount of trolls that are occurring and you got somebody to weed that out, is it, is it dipping? Is it less? Then we're, I mean, we're all going to, uh, we're always going to be rooted in misogyny. That's just the, the fact of the matter. But because there are platforms like Highlighter, um, Just Women Sports, W Slam, Overtime, they're, they're showing the talents. And so what's happening with the next generation coming in, they're seeing basketball as basketball. Like, uh, you, you know, one thing that's really prominent when, when Paige grew up and, and, and whenever we do content with, with Paige and whenever we do content with Zaya when they were in high school, it was never like a, oh, she's terrible for her. Like, it was never that. It was like a, oh, she can ball. And that's what I thought was really, really cool. This next generation doesn't see men versus women's basketball like that. You know, it could be because this generation was born into a WBA. They didn't have to worry about, you know, overseas. They didn't have to worry about not being in the professional space. They, they see examples like yourself. They see even like Asia's now, like an, an example for the next generation, which is why, because she's so young, but they see these people who grow up and make a living playing basketball. So it's not that far-fetched for women to be in these spaces. And once we can get rid of that, that's what's gonna be the, the thing that smooths it out. But right now, the, it seems like the trolls are like the older middle-aged people that are, it's, it's confusing. I'm like, come on, we gotta, we gotta do a little bit better than that, you know? But, but I feel like once Gen Z takes over, it's gonna be a little bit more, um, you know, equal yep. or equitable. Mm -hmm. So do you have any advice for WNBA players that are trying to grow their, their voice and their platform? I talk to a lot of them a lot of times and I'm like, y'all, these stories, they can be yours. You can own your own story and you can present it how you want to present it. Whether that be on Twitter, whether that be on Instagram, whether that make a podcast, a website, don't wait for somebody to tell your story if you want to tell it your way. Um, also, find a journalist that you, you trust with your story. I love what Taylor Rooks did with Candace Parker. I love, I love when I can get a story out of Skylar Diggins-Smith because these are players that have been so um not shut out by media but media doesn't necessarily understand them right and so they might skew the story in a different way but find a journalist you trust and and be able to tell that story the way you want it told you can control your narrative there's so many resources out there to do it yourself i tell any young person out there or any person period everything you need is on your phone you have a camera on your phone you have quick voice on your phone you have notes on your phone. There's so much that you can do on your phone that you don't have to wait for a major network 
to cover it. You don't have to wait for, you know, for, for example, Kaiser launches it. Nobody knew what she was going through. She didn't open about, up about it with anybody in the media, in the mainstream media at least. And she released a statement on her behalf through her Twitter. You know, like Flage, she announced her, and Kiki Rice, they announced their signings on uh, IG Live. And it's just little ways to, to get through to the public without that middleman that could either twist your words or stop your story. And, and you, you can reach more people that way too. Cool. Especially TikTok. Ooh, girl, I'm trying to get into TikTok. You know, that's a little, a little, you know, young for me, but I'm trying. And <laughs> that's the that's the next wave. That's the next wave of it. And you can show your personality on there. And that's dope too. That's another way to get a fan base. Yeah, I I can't I can't get it, but if I if Say I were now, to... the next month you're gonna have it. No, I, I have a TikTok account, but I don't use it. But if I if I were to get into it like right now. Mm-hmm. I, I'm probably more like Tay Diggs. Have you seen him? But you know what? Tay Diggs makes me smile. Yes, and you will make right. all the people smile. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you, whenever you want to join a new platform, Coach, I don't think you'll have any problem accumulating a following. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. So I can't get it, though. I can't. I don't even know how to work it. Like, like. You hit it with a two-step with a Starbucks in your hand. You'll be fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let, let's talk about amplifying female sports and voices. It seems mm-hmm. like promoting women's sports and female athletes is, is, a, is a trendy thing to do right now. Mm-hmm. What is the key to creating platforms and outlets that are both authentic and sustainable? I wouldn't even worry about sustainability. I would say focus on the authenticity of it. Focus on why you want to create it. If you're out there and wanting to create a platform for women's sports, why do you want to do it? So like you have the ways of say Chloe Pavlik, when she started overtime, overtime women's basketball, she wanted to show highlights. When I started a highlighter, I wanted to tell stories, you know, just women's sports, you guys have your own thing. And so it, it, it's just a matter of how you want to tell it, how you want to do it, how you want to showcase it, figure that out. Um, so say like Kirby Porter, she's great, a great example. She does a lot of marketing. So she's going to give those X's and O's of like marketing and, and getting into the high tech part of women's sports there's always a way that you can tell that's true to yourself just figure out what that is and occupy that space as you wish and be consistent with it and and don't expect a an instant reward from it but just know that if you're passionate about this it will pay off in ways you would never imagine so you know everybody out there who's trying to start a platform don't wait for your don't wait for your yes go ahead and do it and do it your way and people will bite like you know, we see on WNBA Twitter, the committee has started. They didn't like the way rankings have were before. <laughs> and so they, they put their heads together and they started their own thing. And that's that's dope. And it might rub people the wrong way, but it's fine because you're creating noise around the game. You have, you know, Beyond the W with Lo. She started that before, you know, Highlighter was even thought of. And she she's she's stayed true to her and she's taking breaks when she needs to and she's coming back. You have Jasmine Baker, who is a really big staple in, in the culture. And so she's like, I want merch. So she created her own merch. She collabed with the right people to do merch. Do it your way. And nobody can stop you in that way. But there, there's, no, there's no magic touch to make it sustainable. You just got to maintain that passion. Exactly. I have a clip from Flame Bearers, one of my favorite podcasts that I love to share with my listeners. Nikki Nieves is a middle blocker on the USA's sitting volleyball team and a Rio Paralympic gold medalist. 
She is an Afro-Latina and an outspoken advocate for the Black Lives Matter movement. Hear how Nikki challenges those that have preconceived notions about the abilities of Paralympic athletes. For those that aren't born with the normal two legs, two arms, or two hands, or whatever, if you're born outside of what's normal for you to have, my ability is going to look different from somebody else's because I'm going to adapt. Just because it's an adaptive sport doesn't make it any easier. And if you're doubting and if you think it's cute, because I hate when people are like, oh, that's so cute. I highly, highly suggest going and trying that sport. And I feel like because we fought so much and we've used our voice even for equal pay when it comes to like medals, it's finally changing. Like the other night they played our, our gold medal match on NBC Sports at seven. That's never happened. People are literally like texting me like, oh my God, I'm eating and I'm watching you play. And yada, yada. I'm like, oh, but like I literally started crying. I was like, it's finally happening. Like people are finally valuing us as athletes and not like the stepchild. You know what I mean? Like you weren't good enough where there's something impeding you from being on this level. So you're on this level. Listen to Nikki's full episode on Flame Bears to learn more about her and how she's spearheading difficult conversations about race, both on her team and via social media. So there, there seems to be a natural intersection between women's sports and activism. Yeah. What have you seen with female athletes, teams, leagues, really using their social media platforms to make stands and influence people and communities for positive change. I just remember last season, it was like a revelation because it's like the world realized we couldn't take off our black skin and the world realized that we were, you know, black women dealing with the plight of this because the WNBA spearheaded it and was so vocal. You have Renee Montgomery, who she wasn't, I don't think people remember, Renee wasn't as like, you know, powerful to people before, but she found mm-hmm. her voice within that. You know, she she was out there passing out waters and she really, at the protests, and she really made some boss moves in order to get the word out. You have Natasha Clyde, who's rebellious as hell, and <laughs> just, just has been like, just has been the voice of the people and, and, and found that. And then you have Neka Agumake, who, really gets through to the higher powers out there and really is eloquent with the way she speaks. You have the whole Atlanta dream who was able to step in to themselves and, 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 and so fearlessly do the right thing. And so when you band together like that and you're able to have uh, look to your left and your right and have 143 people next to you um, stand in solidarity, that's cool. And so you have the next gen, the NCAA, basketball players looking at you like, oh, we can do this too. And when you have a coach that empowers you, like you you did to them, because um, not everybody's that blessed. Let's just make it very clear. Not everybody's as blessed as, you know, the South Carolinas out there, as, you know, other coaches that will understand their plight. But just knowing that they can't take off that, that Black skin. They can't take off being Black women. They have Black children. They have Black husbands and, and wives and, and significant others. They have Black family members that they have to think about when they stop playing those 40 minute, 40 minute regulations. And so it was just a reality check. I remember I was interviewing, 
Allison Felix, and I couldn't even make it through the interview because she started talking about her kid, and I just started crying. We weren't okay last year, and we were okay with not being okay. We weren't okay with not being okay, but we knew the plight that we had, and we had to join together because we want a better future for you know the next gen. We want a better future for ourselves. Shoot, the world was imploding. It's still imploding. We try, we're doing the best we can, doing the best we can to make a difference so that it doesn't get worse. And just being that that mirror, I think that. A black woman is the, the best version of being a mirror to you. She'll call you out on your BS. And it, it's funny because everybody's like, well, why are you being so critical? But I feel like things you love, you should be critical of it. You know, like we can we can rep USA all day, but still be critical of it and, and want it to change and want it to be better. And so I think that's what it is with society. Like, yeah, we love the freedom we do have, but think about the oppression that exists. Think about the the, the violence that's within it. And we want, we want better for, you know, those who fought for us before. We want better for our, our kids and our, and our significant others and our friends and our family. Let, let me ask you this while we're on uh, the topic of uh, activism. Mm -hmm. Do you think you can disagree with someone but still support them? I am a firm believer of maintaining uh, your mental health and things to me, Black Lives Matter in particular, that's not a political statement. <laughs> it's not up for debate if somebody's life matters or not. And so that's one of the ones that I'm unwavering about, because if you have to debate whether or not my life matters, I can't associate myself with you. That's something I firmly believe. However, other societal things, other um, political things are truly political can be up for debate and you can still present cases and have open dialogue. I feel like open dialogue is the, is the main um, thing to push things forward. And so you have those discussions, see other people's side of things. But as far as everything that happened with the police brutality last year, I don't see an alternative way. And this is me personally, and I, okay, and I, I don't you. mind. I don't mind offending anybody out there. But my life mattering is not a. It's not. It's it's nothing but black and white. White. Either you think that it matters or you don't. And so I don't think that's up for debate. But but other things, you know, obviously we the, the world is large. You know, the country is large and people are going to people are from different regions and they believe different things. And so be open to discussion and, and, and don't be narrow minded. But as far as a life having value, that's something that I'm just like, nope, nope, I would not go back and forth with you about. Yep, I, I got that. Something happened last year where, well, our players decided last year to sit, to silently protest what was happening in their world. OK, mm -hmm. police brutality, you know lives being lost at the, the hand of police officers. So they decided to silently sit during the national anthem. Mm -hmm. And I got a text message from someone who supported our team. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, he basically said, all right, that's enough. Like, get your girls to stand up for the national anthem. Uh, you could do more, you could do it in a different way. Uh, but, you know, basically, I'm tired of seeing them sit. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't respond. I didn't respond right away. And I don't know what made me wait, but mm -hmm. I waited. It, it happened actually on January the 5th. That's my mother's mm -hmm. birthday. I always remember that. It's my mother's birthday. Mm -hmm. So I got that text message. You know what happened January the 6th? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, in, in D.C. Mm-hmm. So I actually responded that day to see how he felt about what happened there, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you you know what his response was? Wow. He said that he actually, he's a veteran because he told me all of that in his text message. He said, everybody has room for improvement. Huh? Oh, Lord. Everybody has room for improvement when you saw other veterans go down there and do what they did and you have this double standard of a silent mm-hmm. protest versus, you know, kicking ass. Yeah. Down at the yeah. Capitol. So taking lives, mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and and I, ever since I, I asked him about that and he said what he said, I, I never mm-hmm. spoke to him again until recently. Yeah. He actually recently texted me because he was excited about the Stanford game. A blast from the past, a long time. I bet bet he was. Yeah, so (laughs) I I am not responding. So, and I I bring the question up to you, can you disagree and support? Because I I said it in reference to, like, if you disagree with our players sitting, can you still support, like, Mm -hmm. as a fan, as someone that, that enjoys basketball? I don't, I don't know. I, I think, what, I think there's here's a, what it is. It's, it's historically black people have been hired to entertain. You see the minstrel shows and everything, the, the black entertainment factor. And it's the entitlement of him. It's the audacity of him telling you that he's tired of seeing it. How about we're tired of, you know, being shot in, or we're, we're tired of being, um, the fatalities of, of police brutality. And so people choose that that's willful ignorance that is that is you are stuck in your ways and you want to shut up and you want the women to shut up and dribble that doesn't make sense to me as long as we're we're performing we're entertaining you we're winning championships for you that's that's nothing but that's it's historically layered (laughs) okay that's historically layered but if every time people are offended about the kneeling for the anthem or you know standing in solidarity against it we kneel in sports when people are injured or when people are sick and so I don't understand why people have inherited it as this direct attack to them, because that means you're not even opening your eyes to seeing what the actual root of the problem is. And judging from his response, this ain't the best person anyway, because I'm looking like he's over here. I mean, I, I don't want to get too political on here, but he's over here talking about something like dance monkey. That's what it's giving me. And that's mm-hmm. what's really, really like mortifying to me. And so you can't expect people to show up for you on the court if you can't even show up for their humanity. You can't expect people to, you know, perform for you when they're grieving the loss of their brothers and sisters and they don't know if they're going to be next. And that's what I challenge people, especially last year, to, to understand. It's uncomfortable for everybody. But just think about the uncomfortability and the trauma on top of that and then having to perform for an America who you don't even know wants to show up for you, who doesn't, you don't even know if they want to keep you alive. And so, or you know you know that the system is against your livelihood. You know, you have Kanye saying, wasn't supposed to make it past 25 before he lost his mind. But, you know, wasn't supposed to make it past 25. That's that's really real. Like, that's really real. And people think that it's so long ago and it wasn't. And especially in the South, especially in the South. And, and, and you and I know both, both, both know, like, especially tailgating and things like that. You see everything. 
it's it's the strange dichotomy of walking past the Confederate flag while they're bumping Lil Wayne. This was 2009 college days. But like, you know, walking past that and seeing that. And, and, and it's really, really interesting to me how people, when they're sick of it or when they're tired of seeing it, they think it will just go away. Same way with COVID. Just because we're tired of it doesn't mean it's going anywhere. Right, right. Racism. We're tired yeah. of it, but it's not going anywhere <laughs> until we make radical change. And that's what I think that the players have drawn attention to and it, and it rubbed people the wrong way. But if racism is rubbing you wrong, but, but you're not being rubbed wrong by all the, the deaths at the hand of police brutality, you have to really reevaluate yourself and see, uh, do I support um, these, these athletes as athletes or do I just see them as, as forms of entertainment and, and just they can win me things. They can have this false sense of pride that trans, transcends to me for no reason. It's entitlement and audacity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well said, well said. So let, let's talk a little fashion and end the WNBA. Period. We, period. We can't not talk about fashion and the W. Starting with the iconic orange hoodie. It was in Sports Business Journal's Fashion Statement of the Year in 2020. Mm-hmm. What, what made it so iconic? I honestly think the simplicity of it. The new logo had just come out. It's uh, Orange is a disruptive color. Whenever there's a disruptiveness, people are drawn to it. Um, and it was, it was dope. And then what, a lot of times people try to take away uh, when NBA supports WNBA. I think it's dope having allies like that. And so we see Kobe on the sidelines with Gigi rocking it. And, and it makes it instantly cool. But, but you also see influential figures like I saw Sierra wearing it. You know, it's, 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 it's the fact that we had so long begged for merch. And when we finally got one, it was a cool piece. And it was simple. It could, you can rock up with like the fatigue pants and, you know, a nice pair of ones, you know, pick from Don Staley's closet, which pair of ones you want. But, <laughs> but, but you know, you could just rock away anything. And it was so disruptive and you knew it was a staple. It was a color, it was a logo. It was just everything about it. So, yeah. So outside the, the, the hoodie, players in the W have also embraced showing off their personalities through fashion. Uh-huh. There's even a Twitter handle dedicated to WNBA League Fits. Is yeah. this more evident that the league has arrived, so to speak? I mean, they're, they're, they're fly. I'm glad we have photographers in the tunnel now because, I mean, probably, we probably didn't need them back in the, <laughs> the early 2000s. Y'all look crazy. Um, but no, I'm just kidding. But they're stunting, and, and it brings more pride. It brings more pride to the game because you see players – getting dressed, being more intentional behind their fits and, and rising to the top. I've really, really, I mean, it's no secret that I'm obsessed with Diamond Shields, and I think that her style is impeccable and she can give you a range of style too. I mean, get you a girl who can do both because period. <laughs> and so <laughs> I just like love to see her, her fashions. And another one who's really slept on Izzy B. She has a really classic cool girl fashion mm-hmm. or Isabel mm-hmm. Harrison, sorry. Yep. Um, has a really classic school girl fashion. But if you want flashy, you can go to Taya Cooper. But if you want like flashy but masculine, go to Erica Wheeler. It's, it's like so many different types of of fashion or if you want chill like amanda's ivy she'll give you a mix if you want you know that country swag it's courtney williams there's so many different like styles for everyone to choose from and you can follow up with players in that way too like the average fan who like who wouldn't normally be into it we see a lot more partnerships with gq with the league because these players are showing out dd richards i mean everybody in new york loves her they love her signature poof balls and and they love her crop tops and she's just made 
it's so easy for little black girls to wear their poop balls and be proud of them. And then for us to like rock our crop tops and, and, and everything. And then like Dijanae, I love when she wears her dad's jersey. Now I know how to rock a football jersey. It's really cute, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I get inspiration from them and it brings a new sense of fandom to the game because those who didn't necessarily care about it before now can say, oh, she stunts. So let's figure it out. Or if like Dana Evans with her lashes, where she get her lashes from? Who does her lashes? And just just knowing that you can identify different parts with like with players is really cool. You know which one I liked? The outfit I liked. What? Well, it it happened in the playoffs. Okay. Um, Asia Wilson, yes. Chelsea Plum had a had a bet on <laughs> on her college coach Mike Neighbors in Arkansas and us and whoever won that game. Whoever lost the game, they had to wear the, you know, the opposite team's uh, outfit. So Kelsey Plum looked great in the garnet and black. Shout out to Kelsey Plum. Asia, we got your back. And and look forward to next year. Um, With Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray. Chelsea Gray. Actually, I'm going to actually do the honors and pick her outfit out and send it to Asia to give to her. But look, look, outside, look, outside of that, because Kelsey did look cute with a little black lettering game time. But anyway, she looks so cute. Um, but Asia shut it down because I want to let it be known. Ask all of Twitter. I have been talking about Jersey dresses for years. And I'm so glad Miss Asia showed up in her Jersey dress and two rag and made it do what it do because I have been trying to tell people, this is cute. What are these Jersey dresses? And so I'm glad she did it and set it off because that Miss Ma'am showed out. Okay. Hey, I... They lost the playoff game when she wore when she wore my jersey, the jersey dress. Yeah. Uh, uh, I didn't even realize that. I did, I did realize it. I did. I did. Darn it. But anyway, what what's next for you? Like what what's next for Ari Chambers? Coach, I just wanna stay consistent and keep telling stories. Whenever like I said, I am so blessed to be doing exactly what I wanna do. And so keep it going to make sure that people know that this isn't a trend. And, and it's funny because now we're getting recognized, right? You know, the, the media personalities are getting recognized and we have all this incentive, but even if that wasn't there, it would be the same thing. It was the same thing before, it's gonna be the same thing after it's, you know, quote unquote trendy, but hopefully the goal is for it to stay in the mainstream. And so that that's my goal next to make sure that, you know, it stays in the mainstream, that, that platforms like Highlighter, Just Women's Sports, WSLAM, Overtime, even on her turf, ESPNW still are challenged to tell the stories and, and, and break the news and, and continue to lead the discussions around women's sports in general. And for me personally, I'm trying to learn more sports. You know, I, I'm really, really strong. I played volleyball, so volleyball is not an issue for me. Basketball, obviously, and cheerleading and, and, and gymnastics, but learning like lacrosse. You know, Athletes Unlimited has a lacrosse league, so I'm trying to figure out the rules of that. I told you, I got into soccer and now I got from soccer was the flying cat in the blue sky. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to challenge myself to do more with soccer too. And that is, you know, like talk to my friends who played and, and, and really make an impact, an actual tangible impact on the soccer space too, because they deserve as well. But just making sure that we're all pushing it forward so these players can get equal coverage and equitable salaries and can really make a living to show, you know, our future generations that they can do it too. All right, that's cool. So we got we got one last thing. It's called the Net Life. Yeah, <laughs> it's called the Net Life Shot Clock. It's something fun. I'm gonna ask you mm-hmm. a question, 
and you got 20 seconds or less to answer. But if you go over, so be it. It's giving, it's giving pageant days, but okay. okay. Sure. All right. <laughs> um, stories, reels, or posts? I come from a model generation, so give me a still photo anytime. I have not, um, I have not received the talent of making a cool reel. I tried <laughs> to do a little dance with Jasmine Thomas, Elizabeth Williams, and Q in Turkey. It kind of hit, but it didn't really. So I'm gonna stick with my posing, and I'll give y'all this space, okay? In these pants, because that's what y'all gonna get. Okay? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Best basketball influencer besides yourself. Oh, that's a tough one. I'm going to say Chloe Pavlik. She's done everything. She's coached. Okay. She's started a platform and, and she's done broadcast. Chloe okay, Pavlik. look at that. Okay, Chloe. <laughs> Shout out to Chloe. All right, this is a tough one right here. If you could only follow one WNBA player on Twitter, who would it be? Mm. Okay. Ooh, this is hard. Okay. I'm going to give an original statement because she doesn't necessarily still play. Amani McGee-Stafford is okay. hilarious. <laughs> okay. Hilarious. I would say her just because it's just so funny. Her and Lexi Brown are like funny followers for me, and I just want to stay entertained. So I think that one of them two would be really, really funny. Okay, okay. Um, who's the funniest WNBA player? Mm. Courtney Williams. <laughs> it's not even close. <laughs> not even close. <laughs> All right. Who's the best dressed? Diamond. Okay. You like diamond? I, I love diamond. All right. Orange hoodie or black hoodie? Ooh. I'm going to, I like tradition, so orange, but like black is like my favorite color outside okay. of red, so. <laughs> orange. <laughs> All right. Three on three or five on five? You know what? I'm going to say three on three because I recently got back from um, the three on three tournament in Miami and that thing is stressful, okay? I, I, was, I would otherwise say five on five but because my heart rate goes like this, what's three on three? <laughs> We're going to say three on three. Three on three is hard. It like it's, seems it's, like it. It's hard. I mean, I haven't played it, but I watched Alicia, <laughs> Alicia uh, mm -hmm. Stephanie Dawson, Jackie Young, Kelsey. We watched them up close um, and I... After they won a gold medal, I asked Alicia Gray, I said, Alicia, um, do you want to do this again? She said, no. She that said, was hard. Is what she said. <laughs> she yeah, said, she said country. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see that. I can see that. It was a great move by the by the Olympics to to add that, implement the three on three, because it was it That's was pretty stressful. exciting. It is. That's it stress. Is. <laughs> All right, well. On this podcast, I'm talking leadership, disruptors, change makers. It's hoops, it's politics, it's pop culture. It's the net sum of life. So before I let you go, I ask all my guests for some words of wisdom that they either receive that helps guide them or that they want to pass along to others. Ari, what's your words of wisdom to share? I will re reiterate what was told to me. Never be satisfied with being the first or the only. So when you look to your left and your right and you don't see your sister there, or your brother there, something's wrong. You can, you, can, you can celebrate yourself in that moment, but get the word, open that door. And then another thing, once you, once you get that ingrained in your mind, don't be mad if you bust down a door and people walk through it. That's another thing. That's something that can really keep you grounded. I know a lot of people 
especially in the women's basketball community are facing frustration because it's been years of tireless work and then now it's trending so people are rising to the top really rapidly but that's why we bust out those doors that's exactly why we put forth so much effort so you cannot be mad if you worked hard to bust down that door and people are walking through it appreciate you appreciate you thanks ari i, I truly appreciate you coming on um the energy was there last always, thing always <laughs> last thing do you have anything you want to plug or promote just follow highlight her on instagram youtube and twitter and we're doing what we can you know i just i would suggest you know outside of myself follow every women's sports brand on instagram twitter youtube tiktok all of that because what we're doing is something that's going to create for a better future in general. Um, my personal is Ari Ivory. It's a lot, it's a lot more of a cluster of things, but if you want to get to know me more, Ari Ivory, but the rest of it, just follow every women's sports brand. We're out here trying, we're out here doing, and I think that that's really, really dope. You heard it here. Roll the game, follow every women's sports, anything, and continue to help us uh, push female sports forward. Appreciate you, Ari. Always come showing up for you. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you all so much for listening. Don't forget to follow NetLife with Dawn Staley on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. NetLife is produced by Just Women Sports. For more great sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter and YouTube channel and follow along on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And this is Dawn Staley signing off and look forward to uh, having some great conversations.